Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is Katie Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. 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 Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kings of the Rings podcast where we keep wrestling royal exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. I am your host, King Ricky Rose. Because, you know, in life, you're always told that if you work hard, if you chip away, if you plug away, if you do your job, then your moment will come, and I am sick of waiting for my moment. Also, joining me each and every week is the founder, Willie T, Will Tereshock. Well, The Rock knows exactly why you did what you did at WrestleMania. Because Stone Cold, you know, deep down inside, in your heart, in your soul, one-on-one, face-to-face, man-to-man, you know damn well you can't beat The Rock. And finally, joining us each and every week is the Queen Bee herself, the Kate Murphy. How does it feel that you were expecting a man to come out here? What you weren't expecting was the man. It's time for someone you to step up, step in, and fill your shoes. And there's only one person for that job. And I think these people would agree with me that that person is me. Together, we cover all things wrestling in and outside of the ring in the only way that we know how. So, without further ado... The king. The king of kings. And welcome everyone. I'm so happy, Kate. I'm so happy I get to say that again. To the Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 157, I think, question mark? Maybe. Oh, back in back in the saddle again, babies. This is Will Tarish, Keys and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K, back where I belong, on the first chair, on the first mic. No, Ricky's not going away, going away. we're not working you again. Ricky is, um... Ricky could not watch Raw or SmackDown because his cable and internet went out, so he would not have been properly prepared for the show. So it's me and my girl, love of my life, Kate Murphy. How you doing? 
your favorite person, the Kate Murphy. This is just gonna be the KOTR love fest right here. Are we on a date right now? This is this Kate. This is everything I've always wanted in podcasting. We're on a date. This Ricky's is a total, not this, here. It's an internet date. Oh my god, date. Finn Balor signed up. Finn Balor just came out of the blue trunks of SmackDown, y'all. <laughs> I'm doing great on this Tuesday evening. I am awake. It's not Wednesday. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my god, Hi. Finn though. And of course, this is the King's Wings Podcast, KOTR underscore podcast on Wrestle Addict, where you can find us everywhere. Podcasts can be found, all major platforms, SoundCloud, as well as iHeartRadio. Of course, it's me, the founder, the proprietor, um, the man behind the mask, Will Tarashek, T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. I am not going to lie, I'm not really, I'm really prepared to run the show right now. Ricky's been doing such a good job um, at organizing, I just got to pull up raw results. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We didn't prepare. I didn't know Ricky wasn't going to be on the show until like an hour ago. Yeah, until so. like an hour ago. That's totally fine because we're just going to kick it old school, which, Kate, I don't know if you knew this or not, but like when I was in charge, we literally just kind of said, all right, fuck it, we're going to do it live and see what happens. I honestly kind of thrive with the whole fuck it doing it live mentality because nine times out of ten, as the episode progresses, I lose sight and focus on what the fuck is actually going on. Mm-hmm. So I think if we go in... With that mentality, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. If, this WWE, is great if creative can do it, we can do it. Creative can do it, we can do it. This this is exciting because, okay, we have one of the best Raws I think I've ever seen to talk about. I might be exaggerating just a tad, but I typically watch Hulu Raw Tuesdays, hashtag Hulu Raw Tuesdays. But it was just regular Raw Tuesdays today. I watched the full three-hour show this week. Um, minus commercials was about... Two hours and 15 minutes, but it was worth every second. Kate, your initial thoughts on this Raw reunion kind of came out of nowhere, um, but I loved it. What were your initial initial thoughts? My, I'm still mad that like we missed it by a week since Ricky and I were like, and Jeff from um, not, not Your Mama Soap, Soap Opera, also on Wrestle Addict Radio. Shameless plug. We went to Raw last week at the Coliseum. We had the greatest fucking time. But we missed all of this by a fucking week. And I think that's what sucks the most. But no, it was really well done. It was really fun. I think it brought everybody back to like when we were young, growing up and watching watching wrestling. I know, Will, you didn't watch wrestling in the 90s, right? No, I was a wee child. I mean, same, but that's <laughs> what you got to do. I um. Anyway, I'm going to digress before I start talking about the 90s and wrestling. I, it just brought everybody, it, I just feel like it brought me back to when I was a kid. And I feel like it kind of showed, you know, like people that are getting into wrestling now, how different and how fun wrestling can be. Mm-hmm. And that there's more to wrestling and there's more to WWE and WWE is capable of more than the lackluster thoughtless programming we've kind of had the last like two years. Right. So we're going to do what we usually do. It's kind of run down the show, you know, talk about the good things. So the show kicked off. With my favorite wrestler, Tommy, no, not Tommy Dreamer, John <laughs> Cena. I, I I will admit it proudly, I'm a fucking John Cena mark. And this him kicking off the show to me was, I think, just it was, it was the perfect way to start off my Tuesday morning. It was absolutely outstanding. He came out in the green, you know, because say what you want about John Cena, he's always passionate. He always comes across as extremely genuine. And he cuts another really good promo here. 
Um, just kind of saying how it's WWE is always at home. It's the family. Very reminiscent of the Austin promo we saw at the end. So two top guys in the business of their era. Not a coinky dink. No. I, too, am a really huge John Cena mark. I always have been. I always will be. And I, I think we should go when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Just saying. Oh, the Hall of Fame's so boring, Kate. I'm not, unless Bret Hart's, unless Bret Hart's getting attacked, I don't want to go. You don't want to go with me to see John Cena get inducted into the Hall of Fame? I mean, do I get Fruity Pebbles? Sure. Okay, in that case, I might think about it. It's a bowl of milk right. <laughs> and some Fruity Pebbles in the audience. <laughs> That's all you want is a bowl That's, of Fruity Pebbles? Yeah, because John Cena, is, it's, it's the Fruity Pebble gimmick. He's literally a walking Fruity Pebble. He really is. I don't know. I grew up watching John Cena and I feel like I had like a really shitty week. This like the last like couple of weeks and I'm just like stressed out and grouchy. But then like John Cena coming back, just like, I don't know. It gave me hope as corny as that sounds. The whole like never give up the gimmick as cheesy and as corny. It worked. I don't care. It works. I believe in it. I stand by the gimmick and I needed it. I just I needed it. And it was everything I wanted. And then he teases the doctor just a tad, which I loved. The doctor with thug numbers. Yeah, the, the Usos coming out was so, was random. I was like, wait, you because I was like, maybe Cena's going to kind of make a run for that 17th belt. Maybe, maybe it's going to, you know, some with Kofi, maybe for SummerSlam. And you know, SummerSlam's right around the corner. Anyways, anyways going off against Orton. Um, but, you know. He was just kind of just there, to just, just to be there, and just kind of have this fun segment. The Usos come out asking for Doctor Thugnomics, and damn, Kate, he that, delivered that jab for the mug shot. I was just going to say that it's perfection. Ooh. And they wow. loved it. Everyone loved it. Yeah, but then right. Then Rikishi, I mean, this is where this is where it went south for me. Rikishi comes out, which fine, you know, they could have danced and that would have been it. But no, the revival had to come out. I didn't um, think they needed the revival and Devon to come out for that. It was just like, why? I, mean, I understand they wanted Devon to be on the show, but I'm like, Devon's why like, with the revival? Why with the revival? Like he's supposed to be a you know a face. He's supposed to be a good guy. Um, it was just super random. The match was fine. Booker T on commentary. You got the mmm back. And Shucky it annoyed me. Quack, quack. It annoyed me. Shucky. Yeah. It annoyed me just as much as it did years ago. But even seeing Booker T, man. Kate, have, you ever seen, have you ever met Booker T in person? I haven't, but I really, really, really want to. I, lo- I genuinely love Booker T. His hands are probably the size of your torso. That's scary. Like, he could probably pick you up by your tummy. That's frightening. His hands are humongous. Such a, like, a oh. nice, genuine guy, too. Um, the crazy story. But he was out there for commentary. I liked how they did that a lot. A lot of the people came out on commentary. We had Christian come out later. Um, what else? Coachman was on commentary. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was a good way to get these guys on the show. They did a great job with all these legends, all these Hall of Famers for the reunion. Because obviously, like, they can't bring most of them, if not uh, all of them, if not most of them, out on the stage in the actual ring and they made up for it. 99% of them were not clear to wrestle last night. Yeah, not even. But they mean like they had them all on the stage at the end but I'm saying like even like an in-ring segment. Um, The 24-7 championship, Kate. Oh my God. 
The 24-7 championship, I think, is the greatest title in the history of WWE. (laughs) And I stand by it. It changed hands, I think, what, eight times last night? Uh, I think nine. So, R-Truth started with it. Um, Mm -hmm. They did the whole um, Comic-Con thing. Yes. Drake Maverick stole it back. The boogeyman... Uh, scared Drake Maverick. Pat Patterson got it. You counting, Kate? That's one. <laughs> yes. Two. Pat three. Is two. It, no, Pat, Par- oh, no, Pat Patterson is two changes. Okay, you're correct. Briscoe. 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 That's three. Um, Kelly, Kelly Kelly is Kelly. four. Melina is five. Candice Michelle is six. No, Melina didn't win, and Melina was the ref. The ref, sorry. So five. Kelly Kelly. Alundra Blaze was Can- six. Mm hmm. Um, Alundra Blaze came out with the fucking trash man can. Bought it. Do you count seven. that as a win, though? Yes. Yeah, it's a cha- it's a title change. Seven. Uh, Maverick got it from DiBiase, and then mm-hmm. uh, Truth got it back. That's eight nine. Yeah. Can we just discuss that the fucking it ended with our Truth driving away with fucking Maverick's wife and title. Yep. Side note, I can't wait to watch SmackDown, like, again, because right now there's a Firefly Funhouse promo talking to Finn. Ooh. And I have exciting. it on mute, so I don't know what's happening, but it looks intense. Well, we'll get there <laughs> next week. Um, So, just, yeah, the, the 24-7 championship, Kate, was the best way to get all of these legends and Hall of Famers on the show. Santino was even on the show. How's your sister? I was just honest. Oh, that was a great <laughs> callback. I'm not gonna lie, Kate, would you, when Alundra Blaze came out, did you know it was Alundra Blaze? I was like, who the hell is this? I didn't. I, I didn't had know who no it idea who all. it was. I'm like, who, no one did. Who is this? My other wrestling group chat goes, okay, I don't mean to be dumb, but what women are in this match? I'm like, well, that's Melina, that's Candace. I don't know who the fuck that is, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a Drew McIntyre versus Alexander. That's really not worth talking about. The Viking Raiders versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder also not really worth talking about. But who was on? I think someone was on. Christian was on commentary for that. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, uh, Kate, what do you always think of Captain Charisma? Eh, meh. You were never, never on board. No, not really. It was honestly, honestly fine. Me too. I was Christian Cage and TNA. I was never really a big supporter of Christian. Like, you know, he had his run in 2011, 2012 with Randy Orton. Yeah, like, Edge and Christian was fine. Like, I liked them as a tag team, but I was always biased towards the Hardy Boys. Hmm. So, who is is your favorite appearance? Probably Austin. Probably Austin? Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, how about your favorite twenty four seven winner? Pat Patterson. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say Pat Patterson too. You know what? Because he was just like kicking him kind of like sixteen times before he got the pin. <laughs> so yesterday was my friend Rich's birthday, and he, and so I texted him, not realizing he's not out to dinner for his birthday, and I go, "Are you watching Raw right now?" I'm like, you're about to get the greatest birthday gift of your life. It's Pat Patterson as the 24-7 title. 
Because like, because what it was, it was just, it was, again, we're going to say this word a lot. It made sense. It was great. It was a throwback. It was just such a throwback. Like, they they did stuff like this with the hardcore title back in the day. And, you know, Patterson and Briscoe, talking about the 90s, Kate Murphy, love of Mm -hmm. my life, um, the Stooges. And when Jared Briscoe pinned him, he was going, Pat Patterson was going, you stooge, you're such a stooge. Oh, that's right. I didn't even catch that. You stooge. He was McMahon Stooges when it was the McMahon Austin rivalry. I want to like go back and like to the '90s so badly. Well, you have the network. That's like, the closest thing you can do. I know I do. I need the time to go to the network. Or you can relive it. There's so much I don't remember. Well, you can relive it with Wrestle Wars too. Hashtag shameless plug, which we will be announcing as part of our Patreon, which is coming. That's news be broken coming by soon. the end of the show. Patreon is coming soon. You want to find out that release date? You got to stick around for the end of the show because that's where news and notes go. You hear that, Ricky? That's where news and notes go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kate Murphy, we had your daddy come out next. And of course, I mean Samoa Joe. There are two Joes and two Samoas. It was, a Sam- it. It, was, it was another match. Samoa Joe versus a Samoan Joe. It was Joe. a Samoa Joe sandwich. I mean, well, let's let's talk about... His promo, first of all, Samoa Joe, the Raw reunion as nostalgia trip by using the opening segment as an example. He insulted Rikisi and the Usos. Now, this is a good kind of little segue for us to have, Kate Murphy, love of my life. Oh. The the Bleach Report article, which I saw, let me pull it up. I'm not I'm just gonna read the headline because that's what I do. I only read headlines. I'm a, such a fucking millennial. Only wrestling articles do I re- only read the headline. Um, it was old stars remind fans of better times. Excuse me? Disagree or disagree with that headline? <laughs> Wait, is this, you said this on Bleacher Report? Bleacher Report. I need to like look at this. Like... Well, it's the Bleach Report app and the WWE, all that. So it might have been written by someone else. Uh, it was, no, it was by Bleach Report. Yeah. So, uh, is, like, that's kind of what Samoa Joe's promo was saying as well, Kate Murphy, love of my life. Is, is this kind of just a cheap gimmick just to kind of pop a rating? I mean, it's not wrong to say that WWE's ratings are in fucking trouble. And they kind of need to take larger steps in order to increase the viewership. Mm-hmm. However, I don't... I understand that it's a great way to garner ratings. But, I don't know, it's probably Stockholm Syndrome. It's probably the fact that I'm, like, the main demographic for the nostalgia pop. But, like, they work. And when done right, bringing back legends is the perfect way to bring over new talent and to carry over the next generation. Mm-hmm. But if you do shit like Goldberg and Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, then it's a cheap nostalgia pop. Shit like that is when they do it the wrong way. Okay. But matches like Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, that match is fucking fuego. Yeah. And it's and even the how the Undertaker and Roman interacted at the end of the match, like they showed that sign of respect. Like, that's him passing passing it on to Roman's generation. Like, I think that's important. Because if the old, if the legends and the people we grew up with don't 
endorse the new talent. You know, we're going to be wanting Hulk Hogan to come back for the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. We're not going to want to see anything new. I'm not going to lie, Kate. I th- I honestly think a good portion of like I was I was watching this um, and I was thinking for like, WWE's like younger audience, the younger viewers, they probably don't know who a lot of these people even are. I wonder that a lot, too. Like, do you think the average 11, 12-year-old knows who RVD is? Do they know know who Pat Patterson is, other than the guy Michael Cole mentions the first person to win the IC title? Do you think they know who, like, Melina? I didn't even know who fucking Alundra Blaze was (laughs) until she brought out the trash can. Um, Or someone like a Kelly Kelly. You didn't know who she was at all? No, no, I'm like, I didn't recognize her. Oh, okay. Well, she looks different. That's different. Yeah. I mean, she's older. Yes, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I recognized pretty much everybody. Like, I don't, like, you know, the whole um, 2004, 2006, like, Divas era, like, Melina, Candice Michelle. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't reckon, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you which one was which because I didn't watch back then. But, like, seeing Eve backstage, I bet a lot of young fans don't even know who Eve is. They absolutely don't. And, like, even so, as somebody that, you know grew up watching wrestling and has watched wrestling regularly throughout the last like 20 something years. I can't remember who everybody is. A lot of the women, like it took me a hot minute to recognize them, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot. It's a lot for people that have been watching the product for as regularly as like someone like I have, but also for the kids. Like I don't think kids go back and watch the old shit. I don't. No, I don't watch anything from the eighties. I really, I don't honestly, I don't watch anything pre nineteen ninety six. That's just, that's just the truth. I'm never gonna go watch Mid South. I'm never gonna go watch um, WWF. I'm never gonna go watch like Saturday Night Main Event. I'm not gonna watch WrestleMania three. I'm just, it just doesn't interest me. It's a different era of wrestling, and the wrestling, like the wrestling, the, the, it's not it's that the wrestling's bad. It's that it's, it's it's too different. I'm so stigmatized to like high flying and chops and super kicks all around. Like I'm I'm stigmatized to a different form of wrestling. I won't find it entertaining. Um, At the but, end of the day, my heart's always gonna want like you know high flying and fishnet shirts and fucking new metal. Like I think that's mm-hmm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like that's my favorite. Like the '80s. I agree. I don't. That's the era of wrestling I watch the least. But to say that what this article really got me with the headline that is couldn't read the article um, was that naturally that it reminds viewers of a better time. Now, I will make the argument if Ricky was here, I know he would make this argument that there has never been a better time in professional wrestling than the past three, four years. I agree a thousand percent. Like. That might be a good or a bad thing to, in some extent. Like if you go and watch the 1990s, the Attitude Era, it wasn't that like I'm not gonna say good, but it wasn't that deep. It wasn't that in. It wasn't that d- depth. It didn't have much depth. Like the main event scene for WCW, WWE and WCW, outstanding at the Austin. McMahon. You had the Rock. You had the Undertaker. You had the NWO. You had Sting. That was it. There was no mid-card. Their tag team division was nothing before the Hardy Boys came in. WCW had the Cruiserweight, sure, but they didn't really broadcast them as much as history will tell you. So, okay, yeah. like, you, you, like, what do you, what do you think? This, this, this era of wrestling is just, it's way better, it's way better than the Attitude Era. And why do you think this that? This is, this is the thing. 
I think when people say this is the best era in wrestling, when I say this is the absolute, this is the greatest time to be a wrestling fan, I don't mean that only as a WWE fan. I mean that as a general fan of wrestling in general. You know, I follow WWE, I follow AEW, I follow New Japan. I dabble in Ring of Honor and, you know, I keep track of what NYWC does. Like, it's the greatest time to be a wrestling fan in general. But a lot of people, when they say, like, that this is this is the best era in wrestling, they kind of are just referring to WWE, and that's when I think they're wrong. This is not mm. the best era in WWE in terms of creative, but in terms of the caliber of talent they have and, like, the amount of special athletes they have, fuck yeah, this is the greatest era of WWE. Yes, 100%. It's just a matter of what people constitute as the best. It's even just, like, what's going on on SmackDown right now. Like, people are saying that, you know, Shane McMahon is the best in the world, whereas, you know, other people... Even tonight, people are still doing the fucking CM Punk chant during the best in the world. Right. I think what, very, what makes something... It's, it's so subjective. And it's a matter of, do people care more about the sport, or do they care more about the entertainment? You know... It's that- a lot. That is honestly a question every single wrestling fan will answer differently. Kate, what do you care more about? It's so hard. It's honestly, it's 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 the hardest but most important question to ask yourself as a wrestling fan. What do you care about more? I mean, the number one thing I, like, I prioritize, like, obviously I care about the workers, like, performing safely and, like, not dying. The story, the entertainment side for me, when I first started wrestling, wrestling, watching wrestling, two words there, Will. Um, When I first started watching wrestling, the entertainment side, the promos, the stories was the most important thing to me. And sometimes even fast forward through the matches. I didn't, I don't, like... The actual act of wrestling and the acrobatics did never really caught my eye. Um, it was just the storytelling and the characters that I loved the most. And as I've gotten older, as I've gone to shows live, as I started actually watching more, the wrestling and in-ring content has become more important. But the number one most important thing is the story. If you can't, if you because everyone can wrestle. If you put the greatest match on, sure, great, it's a great match, but. A better story makes a four-star match a five-star match. Um, so from there, we Kate we back back to Rock. So we had this we had the Roman Joe match. You know we've seen this match a million times. It is what it is. Uh, Miz TV. Um, Miz promoting Miz and Misses, which is on tonight after ten, SmackDown. Kate Murphy in ten minutes. It's it starts in ten minutes. Will you be recording and watching? Um, it's, it will be on mute on my TV in the background. I feel like Miz and Mrs. I kind of catch when I'm like shot after SmackDown. It's entertaining. Do you watch it? No, never watched it. It's great. Not interested. Uh, Paul Heyman on a Jumbotron, you know, Seth Rollins doing his (laughs) Paul Heyman impression. Um, ah. It was just, it was too silly for me. <laughs> you don't like silly? Yeah, I mean, I love silly. I'm the definition of silly. But that was just like, it was, I feel like Seth was just, I mean, Seth was having fun. 
That's true. And Paul Heyman running off. It's like, I'm just an advocate. It was pretty fun, too. Uh, but just, but I, I'm just, I'm not liking the Miz, man. I need a Miz heel turn a stat. I agree. Like, I do think he is a good face, but it gets flat after a little while. Mm. Like, he's just, he comes out there, does his shtick. But again, he's not in a compelling storyline. That is true. You know, with, with, with Shane, they built that up for months and months. And when it finally had to blow off, you know, Miz was on the short end of the stick, but him as a baby face was compelling. I enjoyed that feud a lot. Yeah. Side note, Terrific. daddy is approaching on SmackDown. Which one? Mm, Roman. He's you the know, main Kate, event. We had a, we, there, there was, there was a good, there was a good question in our, um, wrestling act video chat. I saw this afternoon. How many fucking wrestling daddies do you have? Um, give me an estimate. Roman. I'm gonna guess five. Oh no, there's more because I have them broken by promotion. <laughs> oh, okay. How many WWE daddies? Uh, Roman. Alex. I'll include NXT as well. Are you counting NXT? Yes, that's a WWE brand. Roman, Alistair, uh, Peton, Trent Seven, Jordan Devlin, Finn Balor. Um, I think that's it. I think six for WWE. Ah, I was close. I was close. I, f- I guessed five. Oh, Jeff Hardy. But like, he's also like a love of my life. So and and like a favorite wrestler. So it kind of like. It's like it it uh, it overshadows the daddy sphere. Yeah, like Jeff Hardy's is just like a love of my life. So I think he's just like outshadowed <laughs> the daddy thing. Same thing like with CM Punk. But ten years okay. ten years ago, if I knew if I had a daddy thing ten years ago, it would have been CM Punk, like for real. Ten years mm. ago, it would have been CM Punk, Randy Orton, John Cena, and Triple H, and Jeff Hardy. Jesus, so seven, eight. I feel like there's usually at least six at a time. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. Um, next up on Raw, we had Sami Zayn, Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, this was just to have legends come out again, and Who cares? man, oh it was man. Fun. <laughs> Rob Van Dam forgot he wasn't on Impact for a minute. He's like, wow, this is what a crowd feels like. It was great. Oh. I also, celebrated the Street Profits. in the only way I knew how. <laughs> the Street Profits, uh, Angelo Dawkins, <gasps> Louis. Was it the Angelo eye Dawkins drops? or was the other one? Montez Ford. The eye drops. And he's Montez Ford. Yeah, Angelo Dawkins was saying how he was... Uh, he said he was smoking weed with fucking RVD, essentially. But no, the way he did it is uh, Montez Ford catches Angela Dawkins putting in the eye drops. And he goes, man, what you doing? He goes, I was hanging out with RVD. And I'm like. <laughs> so I get it. And I'm just like, see, <sighs> I felt seen. I, I loved it. Can I, RVD, can you just come back? I know he can't. He shouldn't wrestle, but like. Just come back. I know, he didn't look. He didn't look good. He, he looks, looks out of shape. Very bad. He looks old. Like you know, it's bad when Kurt Angle looks better than you. <laughs> Kurt Angle <laughs> did have a little spring in his step last night. He did a little pep because he hasn't been he's on like, TV oh. in a few months. He's like, I'm not losing to Baron Corbin. Oh, thank God. I did not miss Kurt Angle though. No, I did not either. To be honest. I forgot. I did miss I the hurricane, though. Angle. Hmm? I did miss the hurricane, though. I did, too. The hurricane brought made me smile. See, I, I missed all of the hurricane because I didn't watch back then. So mm. hurricane is just it's it's going to be a rude awakening when I eventually make it to 2003. 
In six years. In six years. Jesus Christ. Where are you right now? But I've... I'm in July of 1996 in Wrestle Wars. Oh, my God. But the Wrestle Wars stops in March of 2001 because that's when WCW closes its doors and the war is officially over. Yeah. But we're going to get there when we get there. It's going to be an interesting time. One day. One day. Six years. Seven years. Um, Yeah. So, uh, favorite RVD moment? <coughs> that one. That one t- tonight, last night. <laughs> uh, All right, Kate Murphy. I'm thinking. Oh, God. I gotta think too, honestly, because I didn't watch a lot of. I watched all. See, all my RVD was in fucking TNA. To be honest. Oh, I found a um, moment. I found your favorite moment. It's when he wrestles John Cena? No, when he wrestles your favorite wrestler. And they unify the IC and hardcore titles. Tommy Dreamer? Yeah. On the August 26, 2002 edition of Monday Night Raw, a unification match was set up between the Intercontinental Champion Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer, holder of the hardcore title. Uh, These two men had a lot of history due to their time in ECW together and made for a very hard-fought match. RVD would go on to win the match and the hardcore title would be absorbed and never recognized again as an active championship. Boo. Your favorite moment. Boo. <laughs> Boo. No, my favorite RVD moment, it's just, uh, it's his, it's his TNA music. It's just, <laughs> the whole effing show. The five star frog splash. Can you close with it's that? It's just like, Huh? Can you close with that tonight? No, I'm closing. I'm closing with Stone Cold, obviously. Fair. But all right, Kate. Literally, go, after this, after we're done recording, go to YouTube and just Google it. It's like the most like new age punk metal bullshit I've ever heard in my life. I can't it's wait. the greatest thing ever. His TNA debut was like everything amazing, but everything wrong with TNA at the exact same time. I loved it, but looking back, RVD got uh, pretty screwed by Sting. But that's okay. It's mm-hmm. only RVD. TNA Hall of Famer. At least he should be. Um, so last match was Seth Rollins and AJ. Um, <laughs> the best part was Road Dog saying, oh, we forgot Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, we're not, dude. Oh, you didn't know? I was like, is Billy going to show up? And I was like, it was X-Pac instead. I was like, oh. X-Pac oh. instead. Um, that was a fun segment. I just like hey man, Seth, DX still gets the pop. Seth was just kind of there, and he looked like he didn't know what the fuck was going on. No, I see. I completely disagree. Seth looked like he was honestly. I didn't see Seth Rollins in the ring. I saw like what's his name, Colby Lopez or something. Colby Lopez. Colby Lopez. I saw little kid Seth Rollins yelling "suck it" at his TV Aww. in that ring. He was like, he was so happy, and honestly, that OC. Um, t-shirt that AJ and the club had. This made me think of a TV show, The OC. I also thought that, and I thought that I thought they <laughs> meant OG, but spelled it wrong. California, here we come, right California, back where we're starting from. Here we California. Oh, I never watched The OC, but I've my never parents seen did. It. I've never seen it, but I want to. Do you know what The OC stands for? Or Orange County. 
No, it's original club, apparently. <laughs> I don't understand. I thought they were the OG club. How did they become the OC? Like, when did... What happened? Um, well, because it stands for a lot of things. Like, the original club, the Orange County, the, uh, the only club, the obnoxious club, um... Only champ. Like, I don't know. <laughs> How many OCs can you possibly come up with? They're all of them all wrapped into one. Uh, but the shirts are cool. The shirts are cool. Where's Finn though? And it was it was a cool it was a cool little mm, on SmackDown. It was it was a cool moment though, because um they went for the they went for the two sweet, saying, Hey, we stole your thing kind of. Right into the suck it, beat him up. You know, the NWO came down. Scott Hall can still walk, thank God. I was shocked. Yeah, it was good to see them. Like, this, it was just, it was, it was just the right amount of nostalgia for me. And it didn't feel like it was being forced down our throats. No, it didn't feel forced. It was just, it was just a good moment. Like, this was just such a good Raw. This was infinitely better than Raw 25. Ooh. That's... Didn't you go to Raw 25? No, I did not. Oh. Um, that's... That's a conversation for Ricky. <laughs> uh. It's gonna be straight up. Because he was there. Raw 25, that was... I really enjoyed Raw 25. It was fine. Was I thought Raw 25 better? could have been better. I had really high hopes for Raw 25, so I think that might have been why I was disappointed. Whereas for Raw Reunion, I'm like, this is going to be fucking trash. It's in the middle of fucking July. It's not going to be good. It's in Florida. Although I did realize it was in Tampa, and that's where Mania is going to be next year. So maybe that's why. Hmm. Maybe indirectly planting some seeds for Mania 36, but probably not. You know what? I'm gonna agree with you. It's because the 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 ballroom, the original raw, that place just got so shafted. They spent like four hundred dollars in those seats. Yeah. So this this pretty much just was a better, a well, a more well done raw twenty five. Like the million dollar man coming out with this goofy suit, I think was the highlight of my night. It was it was great. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to. Um, oh, we already said our favorite appearance was Austin. But before we get there, the last thing that happened, Mick Foley in the ring. Holy shit. And Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt came and literally got in a safe space, um, his personal space, excuse me, and I th- I'm going to use the word violated. Oh my God. It was so... So I didn't watch Raw that we went to last week on TV yet, so I have not seen The Fiend in the ring on TV yet, and it scared the living shit out of me. It was essentially the exact same thing. Again, they did it very well. Like they had his clip come up and it's the mm. I'm, I'm gonna call it the bye bye boner music. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. You know, the screeching, the lights, and th- this I thought this was a lot be- lot better done than last week, personally, just because Mick Foley was like, What the hell is going on? We all knew. Mick Foley we all knew. Sold, we knew. Sold out like a champ. Yeah, and Bray Wyatt just looked terrifying, and he looked so much bigger than Mick Foley. Like, maybe it's because Mick Foley can't stand up straight anymore. Yeah, Mick Foley looked like a scared little old man. He even had that, like, look of terror upon his (laughs) face. Yeah, it was great. He wore a Do Love shirt. Fantastic. Um, So Bray Wyatt's back, Kate. Thank God. I've been waiting so long for this. Like, I'm a huge Bray Wyatt, Mark. I'm really excited. I missed him. Mm-hmm. 
I think he is what has been missing for so long because wrestling's kind of got at least WWE's gotten kind of generic and cookie cutter lately. So it has well, it's it, the po- the postman hangover was a little longer than normal. Maybe, maybe really? not. Wait until we get to fo- very long. Wait until we get to football season. Wait until we get to football season. It's gonna come back, but it's SummerSlam. Fu- um, football's so close. One thing I, it is so close. Oh, one thing I God. will say about this Raw reunion is that it was so out of nowhere. On the build to your second largest pay per view of the year, it was just there's nothing really built towards SummerSlam. Like SummerSlam is it's a two weeks away. It's two weeks from this Sunday. That's right. Or three. It- it's three weeks from this Sunday. Yeah. So. This, as amazing as this Raw was, and as fun as it was, and as much as I enjoyed it... The timing was horrible. It was just... It's just a timeout to kind of get the member berries. And it, it kind of... is just like, well, what's going on with SummerSlam? You kind of needed the member berries to make people watch want to watch SummerSlam. Yeah. Okay. They had, they had, they had this stuff... They had this stuff uh, promo with... Paul and the main of the main one, no Kofi, no wild card rule tonight. No wild card rule. Except for Roman Reigns, really. Well, Roman um, Reigns is the exception to every rule WWE has. Yeah. So, I mean, that was really that was just really That's that's kind of my one gripe with this. It's just like you you could have done this anytime. Just why now? And why only two weeks? Because usually they do a night like this and they promote it a few weeks ahead. Something big's coming. Around the big, especially around the big four time, because last time we got something like this was Ric Flair's celebration, birthday celebration. Batista came back. That's right. And the time before that was the Miss McMahon Appreciation Award, and Shane came back for WrestleMania. Who's coming? So this this time it was just no. This is just this is just hey reunion. It's like, it's not even around a time where colleges have reunions. <laughs> my high school <laughs> like reunion's high school in a reunions. month. A month from today, actually, is at my high school reunion. Yeah, so they, so Raw should have been a month from yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the Raw reunion. Um, so, Kate, what did you think about this whole A Moment of Bliss? Unnecessary. Womp womp. I mean... I thought the point of a moment of bliss was what Becky was supposed to be exposed or some shit, but like nothing was exposed. I think that mm-hmm. oh, I think that Natty and Becky is going to be like a sleeper hit match. I think it's going to be dope and they're going to put on a really, really good match. Like regardless of the storyline, it's still going to be an awesome match. It's just the story doesn't mean anything. Oops. They're trying. They are. They are trying. Like Natty's giving it her all. I think Becky's doing okay, but But something else that I find interesting. Natty's undefeated at SummerSlam. Is she? Yeah. Where'd you get that little tidbit, Meltzer? Shut your fucking mouth and pull it up. <laughs> uh, Natalia. Hey Siri. Um, what is Natalia Neidhard SummerSlam record? Okay, I found this on the web for what is an Italian night hard summer slam record. Check it out. I just need you to know my phone says, Hey Siri, what is an Italian night hard 
SummerSlam record. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I, I love I love your guy's voice though. It's adorable. Very English. I love him. I need you get to pick if you want like British, Australian, anything or American, male or female. So I need a cute little British man. Right. Adorable. All right. Championships and mm. accomplishments. California, here we come. Right back where we'll start. <laughs> we need I need to make a remix of that song. I'm just killing time while you find it. I think you should. It's gonna hurt my throat though. Okay, Kay, I gotta tell you this one time. Have you ever seen like the Little Rascals the remake from like the nineteen nineties? Yes, that was I love that movie. You know you know you know the little kid Froggy he talks like this? Yeah. So I did like a whole school day of where I just I pretty much talk like that to my friends for the entire day, like all of recess. Like, see you later, mom, I'm gonna play some baseball. I'm name's Froggy. Um the next day I went to the doctor for strep throat. Yikes. <laughs> All right, Kate. Where's the other match? Because she won because at SummerSlam 2017, she beat Naomi. Because I remember that was my birthday. Okay. But where is it? Where's the other match? See, there's another one. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the only one. No, I maybe feel like in 2016 there was a match. SummerSlam 2016? Yeah, it was the Fatal 4-Way. Hmm. All right, Kate. Um, well, Nikki it's time. Bella, Natalia, and Alexa Bliss defeated Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Carmella. So this is Natty's third SummerSlam match, and it's in okay. her home well, country. That's, that's so by 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 rules of wrestling. If I can channel my inner Ricky, that means she's gonna lose. <laughs> and unless she comes out wearing gold, because the other laws laws of wrestling, according to Ricky, is anytime a competitor wears gold or white, they're winning. That's not true because when we <laughs> went to Evolution, Charlotte was wearing gold and she lost. Because remember, I well, said I said to you at Evolution, "Fuck, she's wearing gold." Yep, that's exactly well, what to I said that, to you. I say to which that I say, which Ricky would say, um, it's usually their first championship. <laughs> to which I say, fuck you, Ricky. <laughs> I can't wait till he listens back. Ricky, I can't uh, wait for Ricky to listen to the show and never let us do the show without him ever again. Oh, uh, hey, this is this is what this is what me being in first mic was all about for 150 episodes. Wildcard bitches. <laughs> Wild card bitches. That's this All week's right, episode. So, wild card bitches. Mm-hmm. All right. I was I was gonna call it the KOTR Love Fest, but I like that too, love of my life. I like the KOTR Love Fest. Okay. Um so let's wrap let's wrap this puppy up kind of almost. Um Hulk Hogan. Well, first of all, they all came out. All the legends got one more shot. Hogan, Flair, and finally Kate. Still the most over man in the business. Stone cold. That's my glass breaking sound. Stone cold. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Stone cold. Steve Austin. I mean, the guy still gets the pops. And Kate, did you see the video of uh, the the post raw? You know, like a stone cold is famous for having those crazy post raw, like Mm -hmm. celebrations and just being crazy. Yeah. Well, he did it again. He ran the ropes and was just stomping beer cans with his with his feet and like literally the whole canvas was covered in beer. Fuck just yeah. having fun with the crowd. Which to which you said earlier, I wish you, you wish you and Ricky could have been there. 
That's what you really missed out on. Just Stone Cold just being a madman in the ring That's playing with I the crowd. That's all I wanted to be there for was Stone Cold. Because I have not had my Stone Cold moment in person yet, and I probably never will. I know. I, I, I channel my I know Ricky here. There's no pop like a Stone Cold pop. <laughs> <laughs> you will never hear another pop in your life. When he was at Dallas, that place erupted. Am I doing? Am I doing good, Ricky K? Am I doing it good? <laughs> I want to do. I think my favorite Ricky impression is used to remind everyone that he ran into Gallows and Anderson WrestleMania weekend Monday <laughs> Night Raw, or or that he met EC3 and he's a really good guy. Oh yeah, that's right. EC3's a really nice guy. <laughs> Also, did you know that he's Keith Lee's twin? Never knew that. That's news to me. It sounds weird in the ears, but Ricky it's true. Ricky meeting Keith um, Lee, though, is one of my is my favorite fucking thing because they just did the Spider-Man. <laughs> they just look at each other like, oh, yeah. No, that photo is 10 out of 10. If you don't see it, don't follow me on Instagram. He doesn't follow me. I'm not plugging his Instagram. He doesn't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Fuck you, Ricky. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> Hogan and Stone Cold came out. And again, Kate... People are kind of poo-pooing on this, saying that it was completely pointless. Um, I I have to disagree, because every now and then, it's okay to just remember that this is what wrestling is. And Stone Cold said it best, like, all the people on that stage, they're my family. What people don't talk about the most, the crew, the lighting guys, the ring guys, the guys who drive the trucks, like... There's so much that goes into a WWE show. And mind you, while Stone Cold is in there having a time of his life in the ring, those guys have to wait until he's done and all the fans leave to break down the ring. Mm -hmm. So when you go home and fall asleep, those guys are just getting to work again. So it's just this whole message of the family and then the the fans that we all are part of this family. It's something I expect Jeff to talk about on Not From His Soap Opera, hashtag famous plug, of the, the Ohana of wrestling, the, the wrestling family, and how, like, it just, it just made me, for having such a shitty week that I had last week, it was just something that just kind of, it was a little pep talk. Like, Stone Cold was looking directly in the camera, breaking the fourth wall, looking right at me. Me and Steve just looked eye to eye, and he spoke right to the depths of my soul. Like, you this know, wrestling show is- the same exact way. It was just a very nice, this this whole show was just a very much needed pick-me-up from this the awful, terrible, depressing week I had last week. And this, it just made, it's made me happy again. So this was, this was a wrestling moment I needed, and Stone Cold was just the perfect guy to do it, the greatest person in wrestling history. Kate, what'd you think? I agree with you 100% because I'm in the same boat as you. I had like a really trash week. Like I've just been frustrated Honestly, and shitty and then like everyone everyone I know had a shitty week last week. Mercury's been a retrograde the whole month. We got one more week, guys. I think we can do it. Yep. I think yep. we like can. Like a lot of people in the Westwack Radio family oh. had rough weeks. I had a rough I'm, week. You had a rough week. My I'm mother tired. had a rough week. And this week's another. My cousins rough have been week having rough weeks. Like but Stone Cold said it best, guys. Like, even if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, for the fifth time, for the 15th time, for the 500th time, for the Mr. Fretz times, <laughs> you are also you are also part of this family. <laughs> even you, Slack. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, initial thoughts on this whole Raw reunion. Crown it. I want to crown this Raw reunion. Yo, I'm giving this shit at eight and a half. Eight and a half. This is the highest thing I think I've ever rated. 
I love this. Honestly, it kind of is. Raw Reunion is the highest rated thing I've ever rated since I've been a part of Kings of the Rings. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a nine. Um, I think possibly if the Hulu Raw Tuesdays would have been a given ten, it would have cut out the Braun Strowman, would have cut out the Viking Raiders, it would have cut out Viking 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 Raiders, right? That's what they're called. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it would it would have it would have it would have trimmed the fat, if you will. But I'm glad I watched the whole show because I didn't want to miss anything just in case. We would have missed some of the twenty four seven bits. But Kate, your favorite part of the show. I'm, oh, I'm going to I'm giving it a nine. That's what I just said. Part, favorite part of the show. My favorite part of the show. Honestly, my favorite, my two favorite parts of the show were Pat Patterson winning the 24-7 title and then mm-hmm. subsequently R-Truth winning the 24-7 title back from Drake Maverick, hopping in that limo and stealing Drake Maverick's wife and his title. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Everything the 24-7 title did on Raw because it was just, it was perfect. It was exactly what that belt was designed for, and it was the best part of the show. It was the most entertaining part of the show. It was just, God, wrestling's so stupid, but this is why I love it. Same. Stupid show at the 24-7 title get, get me through my mundane, shitty Monday nine, nine to five. Mm-hmm. All right, but Kate, um, you had a bit of an issue with this, just in general. Um, elaborate. All right. As much as I love the Raw reunion, and this is something I saw a lot of on Twitter that I did agree with to an extent, I feel that WWE is dropping the ball with the women's division already. Now, I'm- and before we go, before we go any further, Kate, in general, I do a hundred and ten percent agree with that. Since Ronda Rousey has left WrestleMania, since women have main evented WrestleMania, it's kind of felt like the women's revolution. Is this kind of over? And this one of the guys. I agree. Like, so, you know, I think it was either today or yesterday marks. The, I think today is the one year anniversary of WWE announcing Evolution, the first all female pay per view at Nassau Coliseum, which we were all very lucky to go to. And this year, they still, and I don't think they plan on doing an Evolution two. I don't think there's a follow up. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, and a lot of people are going to give me a lot of shit for saying that, like, WWE is dropping the ball for women because, like, man, 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 they main evented WrestleMania. Yeah. It took 35 WrestleManias for that to be even considered. And I still assert my belief that these things, like the Women's Revolution and the main event of WrestleMania, were only perpetuated because of Ronda Rousey, which. While it's unfair and it kind of sucks, I'm thankful for it, you know, especially because like when I was a little kid, you know, like I grew up identifying as a girl. I like lived as a girl as a kid and I always like I identified with China so much because she was like the manliest girl and like I needed strong women to look up to and I didn't really have that as a kid watching wrestling. So now fast forward 20 years, this is the perfect time for strong women to take over. Like, look, Alexa Bliss, even when she's the most ferocious heel, when she meets with fans, she's the nicest person. She's the first person to talk about body positivity. She's very open about her struggles with eating disorders. 
which is great. Like all the women in WWE, regardless of whether or not they're face or heel, they're all excellent role models. And I feel like all of that is getting swept under the rug now that Ronda's gone. And I've noticed since since WrestleMania, women are not featured on pay-per-view cards as much, I think. Um, Extreme Rules had, what, maybe one female match, women's match, and then the mixed tag match. And then every pay-per-view since Mania has been maybe two matches at most. I think there needs to be more representation for the women's division. At the very least, even the Raw reunion, there wasn't a single women's match last night. The women were only featured in backstage segments. And while I agree that the backstage segments worked to help with the the 24-7 title... The women should not only have been backstage. See, this is where I'm going to kind of disagree with you. Okay. Well, well, everything you said is factual. All the women there are extreme role models. And, you know, I get the whole equality thing. And, yes, I have been a little misrepresented on pay-per-views. But you could you can easily say, hey, two women were in the main event of Extreme Rules – um, there was the other than the women's belt, but yeah, other than the belts, the women are nowhere to be seen on TV. The women's tag team division doesn't <clears> exist, and that's the fucked. iconics are never on TV. Um, they don't defend the belts. There's no point in bringing them on since WrestleMania. The women's division, it like I like I said uh, this earlier, it feels like it's just kind of over. It feels like it's just kind of this come and gone. It's like all right, we cashed in. On the WrestleMania main event, there's nowhere else to go from here, so we're kind of kind of kind of just move on. Um, I do agree with that. I think, you know, it's such a talented roster, especially now. The women's roster is the most talented it's ever been. But as for the reunion show, people saying like they should have had a match or, you know, not as represented, yada yada yada. I think. I think it kind of being a little nitpicky and just kind of like, like I get what you're saying, but why? I don't like, even mean the reunion they... specifically was very male oriented. <laughs> it was, but like I mean, wrestling in general lately, lately WWE in general, like the women have fallen to the wayside. Okay, well, if you look at the history of the sport and the history of the business in general. It's a very male centric business. No, look I at understand the audience. that. Like I understand that there had to be more men on audience. Raw. Like I get that. I'm not right. blind to that. They just should have. I don't know. They should so, have thought about it a little better. So the the or idea done a le- of a bullshit legends. They should have done a le- like even a legends female tag match like they did with the Usos and the revival and all that bullshit. They could have done something like that. Okay. They could have. Sure. They they could have, but the fact that they didn't it's just kind of just like well to me it's kind of like okay well so what what's 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 the big deal it would have been nice okay it would have been nice it would have been nice like Like, look at little girls that like watch it like you've you've never had to deal with this problem because you are a straight white boy you've never had to like grow up watching something and like not you've never felt like not represented Correct. So, so if like imagine if I was like a five year old little girl watching Raw reunion last night and like not seeing like watching like all the legends, 
And seeing like a lot of like, the red legends like go in the ring and like do shit, and then the women are just kind of like not really there. That probably would have made me sad as a kid. Okay. To be like, look at all these always- the boy legends are doing all these cool things, but like, what do the girl legends do? And that was like that would be like the mentality I would have like as a child, like with no understanding of like you know like the complexities of gender. That would have been yeah, very this is, much this, like this, my- this is. This is gonna sound wrong, but the the president the uh, the what's we're looking for the impression he would have had was oh women are in the back looking pretty yeah but and that's not something I a, ever really I never identified with as a kid I always identified like with the smart girls and the brainy girls that weren't necessarily the pretty ones right I always wanted to feel representation um, okay of course but it, even for the reunion show the kind of stars that were. That's literally what their job was. <laughs> Even to be in the ring, it was just stand there and look pretty. You're a diva. But they don't have granted, to. But they don't have to market it like that in 2019. Yeah, that's what their purpose was in 1999. They don't have to market it that way now. They can change that narrative but, going forward. But that's but that's what they one one that's what they're doing. But two, it's a reunion show, and that's what they did. So even to have like a Kelly Kelly like a Kelly Kelly match. Man, Kelly Kelly is not a wrestler. No, I'm not sorry, at all. she's not. She's never. She's never been good in the ring. Does this see a random Kelly Kelly match for the sake of having one, for the sake of quote unquote equality? Why? I thought it was. Fun. I mean, Kelly Kelly was just fun. But that's the other argument yeah, she was, that I saw. On she Twitter. was always like, fun. I saw like a lot of people like sharing the same viewpoints that they felt that WWE in recent times have become very like male driven again. So someone, some guy goes, women are complaining when Kelly Kelly's the first female 24-7 champion. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? Great, I'm, great. She won a joke belt. So I can't, so like, apparently that's good enough. Okay. No, but that that's just the internet. That's just people no, going back and forth being just, immature and ridiculous on the internet. It, of it's course, it's absurd. It's funny. It's fucking funny. But even even people kind of complain that W is being all male centric, and that's an example. I even you know that's kind of absurd. I get why you think that. But as as a whole, sure, the women the women's has taken a big step back since WrestleMania, and it's sure it's an it's an issue. But that isn't at the same time it doesn't devalue what's happened over the past three years. Oh, of course it doesn't. Not at all. I'm not saying that, like, the women's evolution is finished and it's brown panties matches again. Not at all. It's just, a, it's very sad to see so much progress plateau really quickly. Is it crossed out, though? Just because they weren't equally, <coughs> as one would say, equally represented on a show? This one show? I was coughing, so I didn't hear half of what you said. Okay, so is it is it is it fair to is it really fair to say that, you know, it's being crossed out, just because it was like one show? I don't or think one it's being view? eradicated completely. I'm not saying that they've completely erased it. I think it's they've put uh, put it on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, it, the the loss is talented, but the problem with the women's division. That it's top heavy. It's very top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's just you know you got you got Becky, you got Bailey, you got Sasha when she comes back, you got um, Charlotte Bliss, you got Charlotte, 
You got Carmella who kind of floats in and out. You have Naomi who floats in and out. You have Natalia who floats in and out. But that's it. You have like a handful of main eventers, people who float in and out in and out in a mid card that no one cares about. In a mid card, it's very hard to get people to care about because they have nothing to fight for. They have no good stories. And granted, you can say, yeah, it's because they don't have any TV time. You can also make the argument that no one really cares. I feel like that's not necessarily it, it, true. Like I feel and, like and it wouldn't if really, they br- like, if they wait, introduced wait. a hefty say a women's mid card title, I feel like people would be very into it. I don't think people give a shit who's fighting for what as long as it's they're fighting for something compelling and they're doing it in a compelling way. It doesn't matter what the title. I mean, look at the twenty four seven title. The twenty four seven title is just as fought for as the universal title. <laughs> more <laughs> I'm being nice <laughs> more that's <laughs> more Kate it's more it changed nine times in on one Monday. day the universal title I don't think it's changed nine times ever <laughs> honestly it's probably close yeah Finn then what Seth was next that was Finn Seth uh, Kevin Owens, Goldberg, Goldberg, Brock, 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 Roman, Brock, Brock. Brock for a while, Roman, uh, back to Brock, mm-hmm. to Seth, back to Brock. That's what ten. Uh, you were supposed to be counting. Finn, <laughs> Seth, Finn, Seth, Finn, Seth. No, no, Finn, um, Kevin Owens. Finn, Kevin Owens. That's one change. Seth. To Goldberg. Goldberg, that's four. To Brock, that's that's two. What? Changes. Okay, that's two changes. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking changes or title holders? Fine, we'll do changes. So we're doing changes, because that's how many times the thing, the, the, the 24-7 title change. So we had uh, Finn won it, so that's not, doesn't count. Mm-hmm. What does it count? We can say it counts. So, okay, Finn, that's one. Mm-hmm. To Kevin Owens, that's two. Okay. To Goldberg, that's three. To Brock, that's four. Mm-hmm. To Roman, that's five. Mm-hmm. To Brock, that's six. Did Roman get it back? Is Roman a two-time Universal Champion? Yes. You would think I know. Or did he? No, no, because he, no, he won it from Brock, then he had to give it up. Oh, yeah, he didn't win it back. He gave it up. All right, so six. So right. then Roman had it, then Brock had it again. That's six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Seth had it. That's seven. Mm-hmm. Now Brock has it again. Eight. That's eight. So no. <laughs> we had more changes in one night. Than it has in three years. In, the, in yeah. Three, yeah. four years. Yikes. <laughs> Spooky. Yeah. So end of the day, Kate. I, I get I get your frustration and even the internet's frustration <coughs> for um, w- women in general in wrestling right now. The past few months, it hasn't been what it was. Um, it's it's very hard to keep that momentum. It's not bad right now. Like let me they, just okay. It's not bad right but now. They, they, it's just they, they need more. They shot. They shot for the stars and got to the stars so fast. It's what I was saying as it happened. Like, remember, remember the, the, the Hell in a Cell argument we had a long, long time ago? 
me, Dave, and Ricky. Mm-hmm. This is part of it. Because where do they go from here? They've already maxed out. They already they they ran the credit card to its limit. There's no higher ceiling they can get. They've main evented WrestleMania. But it's not about how do you talk that? It's not that? about breaking new. It's not about get, reaching new heights and breaking new barriers. It's about staying consistent and staying elevated. Right. Exactly. So it's not but like they have to you, keep striving for. Should just keep them. Keep everyone exactly. on the same level. But but they've they've reached an untouchable level. Like you, it's impossible to maintain that WrestleMania main event momentum. Because it's the top. There's nowhere else to go but down. Roman Reigns has made events at WrestleMania like 20 times. And here in a he, row, exactly. In a row. Like, well, that's the and, top. And, and, and that, and and that really didn't go well for him, him either. Back to the top. If they can do it for Roman Reigns, they can do it for the women. Mm. Yeah, but Roman Reigns was also a... It was a, it was a force on our throat, but it was a delayed, slow build. Like you look at you look at this this women's revolution and how fast it elevated. You were seeing because there was a call for it. There wasn't a call for yes. it. And, I, and you know I love Roman Reigns. I love him. Yeah, there was but no I call. Hated, there was no you, call for Roman Reigns. People forget I used to hate Roman Reigns for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like when I first met you guys, I passionately hated Roman Reigns, and I thought he was the worst <laughs> thing in the world, and I didn't get it. I'm not even gonna say the women's revolution was rushed. But it did, it did, it did elevate too quickly and they did, they blew their load too quickly. Now, that being said, I also would say this was the perfect year and a perfect opportunity from the main event WrestleMania and it was the right call that they did. But I think an evolution could have waited. I think, okay. you know, the, the Hell in a Cell match could have waited. The Elimination Chamber, you know, fine, because it's a once-a-year thing. But what, what I was saying for Hell in a Cell, a Hell in a Cell match is built around a blood feud. Yes. Um, and they were. I felt like that Sasha and Charlotte were kind of just thrown in a cell for the sake of being thrown in a cell because it was that time of the year. That was really the... Like, okay. it, did, it, did, it felt given, It felt given, not earned. As opposed to the WrestleMania main event, which was 110% earned. As opposed to Evolution, which was 110% earned. But even though it was earned... You know, timing. I get that. Like, I think if they did, if they did Evolution this year, so how can you, how can you one up WrestleMania? Oh, we're just gonna give them the whole pay per view. Yeah, I see that. That would keep, that would have, that would have kept the momentum going, and add an even playing field as to a main event of WrestleMania. But from now, it's just like, how, how can they do it? So, okay, I'm gonna ask you, in your opinion, if you have, if you have something. What 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 would you do if you were in charge of wrestling and you wanted to kind of keep them on an even playing field? What like what what could you have done? I just I feel like going forward, like they have to almost they have to stop treating the women's division as just like fucking side so attraction. It's just another division. Like mm-hmm. they need to make they need to make the women shine as equally as they do the men, without having to be like the women this, the women, the women, the women, the women, the women. Like we've okay, the women so you have said, done you, the you, first. You said the magic word. Main they've main events at WrestleMania. Women have had money in the bank. They've done had hell on the cell. They've done they've done all of it. And you're right. There's then, no, okay. You 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 said you said the magic word equal. And I'm gonna ask why. Because it's not about men versus women anymore. 
Society's not like that anymore. It's answer. It's an antiquated way of thinking. Was it really? I mean, I that's that's a loaded question. Was it ever men versus women? But um, what's what's wrong? Like, I I understand wanting to be equal, but what's what's so wrong with being different? Like, why why why? Because they get disregarded. Hmm. In specifically in wrestling, in the past, yes, they have wrestling um, specifically. Say- like a lot of wrestling fans, unfortunately, are you know very misogynistic and have questionable views on women. Like I've heard people at events in 2019, 2018 complaining about the lack of bra and panties matches and the lack of sex appeal. Like, and that's wild to me that people still think that way. If they stop, if women stop being marketed as its own special division, this whole special thing, then hopefully, like, it'll eventually, like, set a narrative that, like, they can just be appreciated as, like, athletes. And, like, they just... Because I feel like people are always going to have that divas mentality. No matter what. And it's unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna say yes. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm trying not, not, not to play devil's advocate. Um, it's a loaded issue. I get it. Yeah, bra and panties matches. I'm. I'm not gonna say I'm split on bra and panties matches because I don't. I don't care. I don't care to see a bra and panties match in 2019. Not not be, not because mm, whatever. It's because I it's, it doesn't interest me. I can, I can go on the internet and exactly. find exactly like a lot, not, a I'm lot not, better than brawn panties. I'm not morally like opposed to them. I don't need brawn panties in my wrestling. Exactly. Let's put it that way. They can be separate. But I mean, there 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 is, but there at the time there was a big market for that, and people ate it up. You can say what you want about it. People fucking loved it. And of course, there's going to be those kind of people from like what Rob Union was the nostalgia. People just sometimes just want to see that shit. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've been trying because, like, I've been very much like, I suffer from nostalgia pops in like almost every aspect of my life. I just, I try to take the good parts and leave the shitty, antiquated, bad feelings from that era behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I just wish everybody else could do that too. If only it was a perfect world. I know. Like, I don't want to have, like, if I have kids one day, if I have a daughter and, like, if she likes wrestling, I don't want her to feel like women are second best. And that's an issue I worry about, though. Like, if WWE doesn't figure out a better way or develop a better voice for women's wrestling, it's going to fall apart. Okay, so what what in today's wrestling makes you feel like they're second best? It just makes makes you feel like okay. Not, let me let me rephrase to a more appropriate question. What makes you think WWE is presenting them as second best? Because nine times, because obviously I understand that the majority of the roster is male. Like I understand that it's a very male driven sport, but women are always presented in. It's either backstage things or like talk shows. I feel like the women's with the storylines, they don't get as much thought. I mean, the men's don't get thought either. Like, don't get me wrong. No one gets thought, but I feel like the women get less. 
women's feuds are based on like stupid and name bullshit. I think we touched on this last week where it's based on like, oh, my best friend doesn't like me anymore. It's stupid shit like that. Like I like I enjoy like what Maria Canellis is doing, where at least she's like kind of reversing and she's asserting her dominance against her husband and questioning his math. I, I like that. Like I like the forward thinking and I like I would like to see more like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that forward thinking comment in a second. But before before I I took a I took a I took a step back and I I rethought this whole Bailey storyline with Alexa Bliss and I came to the conclusion that people like you, me, Ricky, Wrestle Addict Radio, adults, we're not the target for this storyline. Now think of it think of it this way. What is Bailey's character? Right now, I'm She's not essential. sure. Well, okay, okay. His, historically, in general, then the, the Bailey. What is Bailey? What's her gimmick? She's essentially a kid. She's essentially a kid. In like, remember the episode of Rugrats where Tommy and Chucky go to work? That's how I feel at twenty, almost twenty-eight years old. Right. That's Bailey. Yeah. Bailey for sure. is literally just a kid. So, from a kid's perspective, this is a real feud. Yeah. And this this is a, this is a feud like a kid can relate to, so that's WWE's thinking. Now, does that can that well that that's what I think WWE is thinking. I thought I took a step back. Now, can that really equate to them viewing the women as second best? That's subjective. <laughs> that's really subjective. You're right. Which I there get is that. no which which but which the there is no are, right answer the to. The men aren't getting a bullshit feed like that. Well, do the men have a character like Bailey that can okay? John Cena, for example. John Cena relates to the kids more than anybody, which is why he never changed like his character. Which is why, which is why at, adults at the top hated of him. The show that like I'm an, a grown ass adult that's inspired by John Cena because I believe the gimmick, the whole never give up mentality, applies to anybody whether you're two or like ninety two. John Cena's lessons and John Cena's gimmick is is universally trans, like, is good for all audiences. Right. He's also at the top of the card. Bad example. Sorry. <laughs> Bad example. No, 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 no. That's no. You're completely right. No, that's perfect. Just destroy my argument. That's perfectly, perfectly <laughs> argument. My, that was that was a bad point. <laughs> points, points to you, Kate. Now, <laughs> but that that's that's really what the Bailey to me. That is what my thinking of that Bailey future. Of course, I'm gonna hate it because. Well, you're right though. I'm not. I'm not a kid. I, I, I a kid. I could. I honestly, I could see a little girl watching raw going to her mom or dad be like that alexa bliss is so mean why is she so mean why can't like why can't nikki see what bailey is saying she's not a good friend (laughs) you know it's it's a total kid storyline and bailey is an adult kid yes um now the the whole becky seth thing no that's a completely different story but you said you love the idea of maria canellis completely demasculating her husband now me personally as a man you hate it's it just, i i don't i don't hate it because maria i mean obviously I, I can i can put the fact that it's a tv show i can put that behind me and it's not real and maria and mike canellis are really happily married but i just look at it and go damn mike like you're such a pussy i just, I, I watch it and just shake my head <laughs> i watch it and shake my head it's but at the same so time good. I, I love it as entertainment because Maria is so good at it. But you said you you love it because it's because it's, it's progression. It's progression and it's different. 
Okay, ex- ex- explain to someone like me, because progression is the last thing I thought of when I think of this angle. So what, what, is, what does progression mean? So, like, typically a lot of, like, and not to shit on, like, Becky and Seth being in a relationship, because I think it's, IRL, it's cute, whatever. But their relationship, and it's it's interesting watching different relationships in WWE, because you relationships like Rusev and Lana, you have Seth and Becky, you have Mike and Maria Kanellis. Number one, it's interesting that Mike take has taken Maria's last name. That in itself is progressive because a lot of men would, would, wouldn't be caught dead taking their wife's last name because it's a very much traditional male thing. Like it's, it's his name. Like the woman takes the name. It's very traditional that way. And it's even like societal ha- norms. Yes. So like that alone is very progressive. And then you even look at the other relationships and like how they, like how they are, like the power structures, even like relationships like John Cena and Nikki Bella, that was very much traditional, like he's the machismo man kind of deal. And like, she's still a bad bitch, but like you could, like there's a very defined sense of the man and the woman. And like most of the relationships on WWE like there's a very much it's def- very defined like the man is the man the woman is the woman and like while they're both powerful and strong you know the guy kind of still has like a one-up just a bit and then maria Canellis between making him you know take the last name to her then completely you know week after week berating him and emasculating him and questioning the validity of the paternity that's something that's never been on like wwe before and like shit like that's what you say to your partner when they've annoyed the living crap out of you you just want to fucking punch them in the face and i like that like she's kind of like making that bringing that to the forefront it's interesting and different because i'm sure every every wife that is watching wrestling is probably watching this being like yes bitch i see you <laughs> it's true. No, no, no. You know, I 100% agree with you. I'm very happy. I can get so I can get a different perspective like that, Kate Murphy, which is why you're the love of my life. Um, I love you so Kate, much. anything else before we wrap up this show? No, I don't think anything else happens. Okay, yeah, that's really it. Well, Kate Murphy, love of my life. Thank you so much for giving me a different viewpoint, and of course. As any conversation we end like this, we end with, I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to oh my, my viewpoint and listening to my truth. No, that 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 is literally what I do. You want to go talk about my other podcast? We're talking about Berkeley changing um, manhole covers and like firefighters to um, non-gender, non-gender, like gender neutral terms. Ooh. So they're not going to be called fire. They're not going to be called, they're not, they're not going to be called firemen anymore. They're going to be called firefighters. They're not manholes anymore. They're maintenance caps or maintenance covers. Maintenance covers. I like that. I like that very much. So, so there, like, it's like there's 20 certain terms are getting rid of. And here's, here's, here's my thing on it. Half of me is a little preview for you, Mad Bro. This is why I went out there. Half of me is just like, who cares? Let him change a name, whatever. It's no big deal. Who cares? Whatever. Life goes on. And the other half of me is just like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I just, I don't want it to happen based on the principle. It's so ridiculous. And I'm kind of split. But like, 
who cares? So keep them, it's, it's nice things like that that make mind. people like me happy. Like I'm not particularly bothered if like firefighters are called firemen. But at the same like I'm not particularly bothered one way or the other. But at the same time, though, as someone that is a non-binary person, if I hear like, oh, they changed the term to firefighter, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's great. Like it's something nice, but I'm not gonna lie. It's a tiny it's a, not, it's a it's a it's a it's a tiny win. <laughs> it's exactly. a tiny win. I have other At the end shit of the day, that I, I, there are other yeah. like I have enough there's enough bullshit being gay there's enough bullshit being a non-binary person I kind of like to pick my battles with that sort of thing yeah so that is something we're going to talk about next week on that show but it's just it's just something I wanted to share with you because I knew you would appreciate it I did thank you all right, Kate Murphy, king of the night or queen of the night, they, them of the night, non-binary person of the night. Who you got? My king of the night is Pat Patterson. <laughs> Pat Patterson. The greatest God damn it, 20- honestly, I was thinking of like- <laughs> I mean, I've been talking about the 24-7 title for a couple weeks now, and I've been saying wholeheartedly, R-Truth is the greatest 24-7 champ of all time. I was wrong. Pat it's Patterson. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. <laughs> Who's your uh, king, me, queen, royalty of the night? I am giving it to the man's music, which we are closing out to, which, of course, obviously, Kate Murphy, love of my life, is Santino Morella. No, I'm just kidding. It is. How's your sister? He won the... Oh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. I just got to chill thinking about that. The one, the only... Stone Cold Steve Austin. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Kings and Wings Podcast, episode number 157 or 158. Honestly, I don't remember. 157 and a half, question mark, the K-O-T-R love fest with Kate Murphy. The love of my life. And of course, this is the Kings of Wings podcast. Find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere, everywhere. SoundCloud for this, the exclusiveness. If you if you, if you you don't like all the different feeds with all four or five hundred shows coming at you at a week, go to SoundCloud. It's all there. Just us. Just me and the love of my life, Kate Murphy. Oh, and that other guy. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Dave? No, not Dave. Ricky. Ricky, Ooh. that's his name. Ricky. Ambassador Biggs. <laughs> But of course, you should like all of our shows on Wrestle Addict Radio. Of course, the Game Changer podcast with Nate and Mr. Fretz. The Not From a Soap Opera with Jeff Palmaccio. Uh, the Gift of Podcasts, the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, and of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast. KOT underscore podcast across all social media. Anyone, anywhere. Podcasts can be found on the interwebs of social media. KOT. I did it again. T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H, you cram on the instant gramification of the internet. You like that, Kate? The instant gramification? I thought that this morning. Instant gramification. I like that. It's the instant gramification. And, of course, Facebook. Don't have me on Facebook. It's a little weird. Don't follow me on Twitter. I don't use Twitter. But get the gram. Follow me on the gram. It's popping. Popping. Yeah. Kate Murphy. How you doing? How you doing? It is me. Thank you for me. coming on this. It is me. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. What? Thank you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. The KOTR Love Fest. Mwah. It is me, the Queen Bee, the Kate Murphy. You can find me on Willie T's Instagram friends list. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> at the Kate Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at underscore the Kate Murphy. And you can find me and my ukulele at the Velvet Lounge on August 10th. It is a... It is a benefit for the homeless. $8 with a non-perishable food item. $10 without a donation. Come play. Come hang. It's going to be wild. It's a lot of fun for a good cause. Kate, if I could be there, I would. But until next week, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I'm so happy to get to do this again. 
<laughs> Come on, let's do this. We're the kings of the rings. Oh, this feels so good. And we'll see you next week. Quick quack, fucks luck. Ha, <laughs>